One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. This is subtle. Where's the Range Rover? When James Corden picked up Prince Harry in an open-top bus for his Late Late Show, it apparently fulfilled a dream for the now former senior royal, who says he's always wanted, but never been allowed, to go on one. Just pay the fare and hop on up, OK? You know us royals, we don't carry cash. <laughs> UK viewers can see the whole thing on the Late Late Show's YouTube channel, and it's not the only first you'll find in the episode. Not least, although recorded a couple of weeks ago, it's the first interview to be released since Harry and Meghan officially said they would not be rejoining the royal family. Lizzie Edmonds is covering the story for the Evening Standard and is with me now. Lizzie, this was filmed before that announcement, but it's pretty clear Harry's using the moment to get his side of the story out first. Yes, I mean, the narrative that they've been having a lot of difficulty with the British press is not new, but it was... um, you know, him saying that it was a not a very good environment and it was toxic was the word that he used as well, which is um, quite strong language there. And yeah, he said he did whatever, what a, a, any husband or any father would do and took his, his family out of what he said was a very negative situation, which I guess, you know, when you take it from that perspective is a relatively understandable position to take. Um, but yeah, it didn't, it once again didn't portray their previous situation from um, just over a year ago as, as the greatest. So that's quite an interesting, uh, quite an interesting and quite strongly worded um, response from Prince Harry. Something I found really interesting about the whole interview was how it's very much trying to present Harry as one of us. He's a guy who watches The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He knows the lyrics to the theme song. He's a guy who will need a wee and needs to knock on somebody's door to go to go and have one. There's very much an element of pulling him away from the exclusivity of the royal family, isn't there? Yes, I mean, the whole hit Prince Harry even going on James Corden, you know, is a very different format to what you would normally see him in. I mean, you would never in a million years see um, senior members of the royal family doing that. Um, The fact that he discussed very everyday and quite personal um, things about his life with with Meghan and, and with their son Archie. You know, Archie likes waffles and that the Queen, of all people, ordered him a waffle-making machine for his Christmas. I mean, this is stuff that, you know, that very much average Joes do and it's it's normal. Um, so that is, that's clearly what they want to, want, what Harry wants to present himself as. And I would suggest going on a, on a show like The Late Late Show and, and being interviewed by James Corden, you know, is all part and parcel of that it's all about kind of this new new era for for the couple and how they want to come across to to people and talking about the queen there we also learn that she knows how to use zoom and that prince philip instead of hitting leave meeting just slams his laptop down at the 
end when he doesn't want to speak to you anymore. It's little to little bit, little bits of insight into life in the royal family. But what is interesting, of course, is that this interview on James Corden has come out on the same day that the Queen has been talking about her vaccination and trying to get the country to take his vaccination for, for coronavirus. Do you think these things are going to conflict against each other? Because Harry's shoving her out the road on the front pages, isn't he? Yes, I think there will inevitably be... I mean, there's so many... Uh, there's been so many stories in the past year about this kind of relationship and the ongoing relationship and uh, with Harry and Meghan and, and the royals over back in the UK and whether what they're doing, Harry and Meghan, is upsetting the Queen or upsetting the institution or ruffling feathers. Um, I can imagine that the Queen stepping up and, you know, encouraging people to, 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 to be vaccinated and kind of suggesting even that it was selfish that people uh, weren't. Or, you know, you should think of others and not just yourself was the general um, message from the Queen, which is quite outspoken for, for the Queen. Um, and I think that's very much going to be uh, knocked down the news agenda today because everyone will be talking about uh, Harry and Meghan and, and Waffles. And I can imagine that that's going to be quite annoying for, for the royal family. And of course, this comes again a week before Harry and Meghan, or Meghan predominantly, but Harry and Meghan are due to sit down with Oprah Winfrey um, just a matter of hours uh, after the Queen does her Commonwealth address. Is it all just coincidence and, and poor timing? Um, I don't know. There's been quite a few incidents of this. I think there might be, you know, it might be getting a bit harder to to claim that it's it's um it's all just circumstance and and coincidence at the moment. But yeah, I can't imagine the Queen would be um particularly pleased that her her stepping up to speak about coronavirus in this manner has been somewhat overshadowed yeah whether the timing's intentional or not it does demonstrate really early on how difficult it's going to be for harry and Meghan to carve out their future outside of the royal family without causing problems doesn't it oh completely and i think it's never going to be a clean break you know they're never going to be able to just be harry and Meghan because inevitably there will always be criticism of them and inevitably there will always be instances like like this when, you know, his, his something that he's done is, is overshadowed or potentially seen as overshadowing the Queen. Um, and I, I wouldn't have thought Harry and Meghan uh, uh, you know, naive enough to, to think that it's going to be a clean break and it's going to be very easy um, just to kind of be completely apart. But it will, we'll have to see how things uh, continue going forward and how they manage that and whether they do and eventually get to this, um, to a kind of way that it works. I mean, it's it's a new thing for everyone involved. It's, it's There's going to be teething problems and there's going to be things that they're going to have to work out along the way just like us you know when we <laughs> when normal people like us have, have family disputes or you know things changing in families we've all got to work it out um over time there's more on this story on standard.co.uk let's do the ads now hit subscribe to make sure you never miss our news interviews features and commentary hi i'm lawrence delalio host of the evening standard rugby podcast brought to you in partnership with qbe business insurance The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. 
Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The roadmap's ready, but what's actually going to happen when lockdown is lifted in London? The Evening Standard has launched its recovery board, which sees industry leaders debating what the post-pandemic future of the city could be. What are the opportunities to build back better? It's met for the first time to look at how offices could change once we no longer have to work from home. Our city editor, Jim Armitage, is here. Jim, who's on the board? Yeah, well, we decided to get a group of uh, as, as wide a sort of selection as possible. So we got leaders from the arts, from business, as you say, and, and quite a few of them are, are philanthropists, people like uh, Sir Lloyd Dorfman, who's a massive donor, uh, very heavily involved in the National Theatre and the Bridge Theatre. Peter Bazalgette, who's the chairman of ITV, but also wears many other hats in terms of um, government and policy and charity and art. We've got the boss of uh, the Hutt Group, which is one of the biggest tech companies in the country. We've got the boss of Publicis, which is the biggest advertising uh, agency group in in London. And so it's a a wide selection. We wanted to get a wide diversity of experience and, um, and ideas. So we've obviously got this roadmap out of lockdown that's been released by the government. But do the people on our board here expect workers to give up working from home and head back into the the city centre are we going to get over our fear of the commute Jim? That's a really good question and it's the it's the trillion dollar question at the moment we learned from our board that by and large employers want their staff to come back now now why do they want that primarily it's because particularly if you're working in uh in creative fields for example um Annette King, who's the, the boss of publicists, uh, is a good example there. So she's she's got hundreds and hundreds of workers who are dreaming up fantastic advertising campaigns. And you can't get the best ideas unless you've got your creative team sitting in a room and just sort of bouncing off each other. You know, we all, we've all been there where you get that sort of creative spark with, when you get your mates together in a room. But they don't think that people are going to come back um, full time. The consensus seems to be around three days a week. What we don't really want is for everybody to work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because then you get a massive crush on uh, transport on Wednesday mornings in the rush hour. So maybe just making sure that people spread those out uh, and also the start times as well. If you can try and encourage people not to all start at nine o'clock or eight o'clock or or whatever the the time is so that we we relieve that crush a bit Uh, and these are the kinds of ideas that that we were coming up with to to how to safely get more people back into into the office and when they walk back into that office jim is that going to be the same environment are we going to be walking into exactly the same office that we left in some cases like a year ago yeah i'm really glad you asked that because the consensus seems to be absolutely not, and it can't be, because 
the way that we're going to be working is going to be very different. I think it's going to be far less of people sitting in rows of offices, you know, five days a week, nine hours a day, doing their sort of um, just doing their sort of grunt work on their own. That is the kind of work that that will be getting done at home. The office will be far more about those meeting times that we talked about, where you you have to get into a team and and thrash out a problem or a or a sales pitch or, or, or whatever that might be. And also uh, training as well. Training is one thing that is far, far better done in, uh, in a room together. But what I thought was really, it was really fascinating was that the, the panel were all talking about how keen they are to make it far more fun coming back to the office. The office is where it's not just about work, it's about social life. But 15% of us meet our spouses and girlfriends, boyfriends and partners at um, at work part of it is within architecture um i mean this has been a theme of architecture even before the epidemic is to try and create bigger spaces so that you can have live music perhaps in in the foyer after you know in the evenings or outdoor spaces that are really nice to sort of hang out in after after work uh, peter bazalgette had the great idea of having uh, every Every office owner, people like British Land, for example, should think of themselves as being entertainers and not just not just landlords. So uh, he was saying, why not why not have a, a head of entertainments in every building whose job it is to put on the the most exciting theatre and live music and food events uh, every week in the office. London, though, is an incredibly diverse city, so there's not going to be any kind of one size fits all solution to this and that's why the standards encouraging readers to get involved in this board get their views known as well that's right we're really keen on hearing from you so what we're doing with this information is we are lobbying government lobbying the mayor's office lobbying business leaders to change their their sort of strategies and consider the ideas that we're having so the better the ideas the more chance that this lobbying is going to have of of working and we really, really want to hear from Londoners about what they think we can do to bring back working in the city better and and uh, and make our brilliant capital just as fantastic as it was before this uh, this terrible disease happened. To read more about this and to get involved, go to standard.co.uk. And that's the leader for this week. We're back at four o'clock on Monday afternoon. <laughs>